Many of you know, many of you don't know, that I grew up up in the panhandle of Texas, up in Pampa, Texas. That's where I was raised. That's where I went from second grade through high school. So those were my second set of formative years. I guess your first set of formative years come before you're five or something like that. Panhandle's a great place to grow up, but there's not a whole lot of excitement up there. And that's okay. It's uh, Like I say, it really is a good place. I think I was in fifth grade when I first got the Jet Rocket Crystal Radio. Anybody else in here have a Jet Rocket Crystal Radio? In the first service, I had two. Don raised his hand, Dick raised his hand. Mine was actually blue. It, it looked just like this, except it wasn't two-tone like this. I think there was a a second or third run or something around 1963 or 64 and you could get them at the dime stores for they weren't much they couldn't have been much or I wouldn't have had one I mean I, I'm thinking they were less than two dollars by the way you can get one on the internet now for 89 but um, <laughs> if you are of wax nostalgic it's one of the greatest things I ever had I actually I actually used my rocket radio until I was a senior in high school. I can still remember using it when I was a senior in high school. And as you can see from the picture, it's a very simple device. Has no batteries, as, as, it's, as it says under here, which is one of the things that always fascinated me, and I still love about it, is, is that it actually pulls its own power out of the air from the AM radio waves to operate. And if you think about it, and I'm one of these people that do think about it sometimes. You know, if you think about it, what, a, what an amazing thing. I used to, you know, and all you have to do is ground to this thing. You can see there, it's got a, a clip, an alligator clip and a line, and it's got an ear plug. No earphones, right, an ear plug. You, get to, you pick one ear or the other and stick that baby in there. And then the uh, antenna is the, the aerial coming out of the, the top of the rocket there. You know, by moving it back and forth, you are changing the uh, frequency, you know, in there of the uh, germanium crystal that's in there, and you tune in place. And I mean, I'm up in the panhandle of Texas, okay? I could listen to radio stations in Chicago. I could listen to radio stations in New Orleans. I could listen to radio stations in Dallas, Oklahoma City, Phoenix, Ciudad de Cunha, right? Y'all remember, some of you may remember, there was, I, I forget the guy's name, there was this faith healer, preacher down there. He would sell healing cloths, right? You'd call him and you could get a cloth to take care of your headache, you know? But that's, that's another sermon. But, uh, but he, had, he had to operate out of Ciudad Acuna because it was illegal for him to broadcast that kind of stuff from someplace in the United States. So now, all of those radio waves, or many of them I should say, not all of those, but are, you know, they're going through us right now. They're here right now. Almost everybody in here has one of these cell phones these days, right? So we are permeated by that stuff all the time. The thing I want us to keep in mind this morning, and, and, and actually the rest of our lives, is that that's sort of the way God is. We're surrounded by God all the time, everywhere we are. And all we have to do is tune in. And I would go so far as to say even more than, it, it, when, when we tune in, we too 
can get our power and our energy right out of the air, right? Right out of the air, just like those crystal radios do. And they still do today. You could, like I said, you could order one and uh, it would still work the same way. Amazing, truly amazing. Our scripture reading this morning again comes from Exodus chapter 20. We are doing a brief series on the Ten Commandments because the Ten Commandments are the basics or as I, as I pointed out last week, I like to call them the Ten Directions. And these are directions on how we can actually tune into God all the time if we'll put these in practice, especially, especially the, the three others after the one last week that we're going to talk about today because again these are when we when we compare the two tablets of the Ten Commandments to the cross these are the these are the commandments on the first tablet or the vertical member of the cross we like to look at it that way these are the things that connect God to us and us to God the actual scripture reading is verses 4 through 11 but I'm going to go on and go back up to verse 1 and repeat that's how we learn right through repetition then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in the heavens above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who shows us the way to abundant and joyful life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, there is a whole bunch, a whole bunch more than I'm going to be able to get through in an hour and a half. Uh, in, 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 the, in these passages right here, uh, this morning, but uh, 
I'll do the best I can uh, at this point. You know, of course, here's the thing. Here's the thing about idols that I think we miss sometimes. Yeah, we've all got idols in our lives. And uh, the thing is, it, it tells us real clearly there, we're not supposed to make them. We're not supposed to serve them or worship them. Now, the word that's used here in the Hebrew is special. And what it, mean, what it really means is a visible image. Now, God, I believe, is not, I have to say this properly or I have to take it the right way, is not in competition, I guess is the best way to put it, with any other gods that people have, so to speak. God is God. God is almighty. Uh, no one or nothing can stand up to God. But God doesn't want us to waste our lives worshiping things that don't mean anything, that don't have any meaning, and hence won't bring any meaning to our lives. Now, we don't have the ability, if, even if we, if we did, but we don't have the ability to make an image that resembles God in any way. The scripture teaches us that no one has seen God. No one has seen God. Or, or as, it, as a, a verse that most of us are familiar with, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says what? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God is not seen. God is invisible to us. We can't see God. Analogous to the radio waves that are going through us. But we can tune into God. We can tune into God. Now, uh, it says something here about making idols and worshiping them that I would like to comment on. It says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation. Now this is one of those, this is one of those scriptures that will make the nuns, y'all know what the nuns are, right? They're not the ladies over at the Catholic Church. They're the, they're the people that don't worship anywhere. In fact, in the United States today, the largest group of spiritual people we can use that term, or maybe not so spiritual people, are nuns, the people that don't go to church. Now this is one of those scriptures that the nuns will say, well, I don't want to be a Christian because they're mean and their God is mean and all that. Well, I, I don't read it th that way. Yeah, it says God is going to, uh, the children will be punished for the iniquity of the parents. That's a description. That's not a prescription, Okay. God didn't do that. Let me offer another example. If I get angry and decide to run over here to this, the, the, this, this brick column or this stone column here and ram my head into it, right? I'm going to suffer the consequences. What this is saying is, is that when people choose to worship things other than God, Things are not going to go well for them. It's, God is not sitting there meeting out some punishment for that. It's just a fact. Like I said, this is a, this is a description of what's going to happen. It's not a postscription of what God is going to do. 
So it's uh, or I mean we can we can take an, another example is the good old law of gravity, right? I can go up on the hemisphere tower if I want to and say God is going to protect me. I'll just step off, right? Don't try that at home, okay? Of uh, gravity takes over. God has put certain laws in place. There are many laws that we don't see. There are invisible things that are set in place. God is giving us the directions here to a good, abundant life. If we follow the directions, we can get a good, abundant life. If we fail to follow the directions, our grandchildren may suffer. It's, it's, it's that simple. That's what it's saying there. One other thing, I will, I will read a brief, brief few verses of what Paul has to say about idolatry. Another passage that I, I suspect many of you are quite familiar with comes out of Romans, the first chapter, starting at verse 20. It says, Ever since the creation of the world, His eternal power and divine nature, invisible, hmm, though they are, have been understood and seen through the things He has made. So they are without excuse. The they here, you know, we're always talking about they and them. The they here is us, okay? Uh, so they are without excuse, for though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling a mortal human, a mortal human being, or birds, or four-footed animals, or reptiles. So, again, we might think we are wise, but we end up being foolish when we do things like that. Okay, the next, the next one here, uh, don't, use the, don't use God's name carelessly, or as uh, some of us grew up reading the King James Version, don't you take the Lord's name in vain. We're not talking about cussing here. This is not what this is about. It's, now, 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 don't get me wrong, I'm not... I'm not uh, advocating cussing, but that's not what this commandment is about. I'm, I'm, of course, I advocate holy and good speech for each and every one of us all the time. But this is talking about saying you're doing something in the name of God that's absolutely wrong, okay? I would throw out there, uh, at, the, at the risk of being judgmental, the Spanish Inquisition. I would, I would use that as an example, okay? I would consider that to be using God's name in vain because of the atrocities that were done in the name of God. And there are similar, there, there are things going on today, and I won't get into them, that are, that are quote-unquote done in the name of God. We could also look at it, for example, when we, when we pray and we say, in Jesus' name, we are invoking God's presence and power and this commandment is saying, don't do that lightly. That's not something that you toy with. When you invoke God's presence and power, mean it, and mean it for something that is in harmony with God's will. 
That's what it's saying. It's not talking about cussing, but cussing's not a good idea, right? Uh, it, uh, but but I, but I do have a, I do have a passage that I want to I want to tell you what at times like this I like to remember what Jesus said about what we say and see what we say is so very very important because remember we are created in God's image we're created in God's image in God's likeness and God spoke everything that we see into being our words really are extremely powerful and there are many misconceptions out there about words one of the biggest ones was one that I probably learned about the same time I got my jet rocket crystal radio right and uh, that was what and, and, and I and I would uh, think that probably everybody in here knows it what sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me right what a lie there was, there's, there's, there, there, there's probably no bigger lie, or there, there may be, that, that uh, the children learn at an early age that, uh, that, they, that they need to cast down and forget about. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. How we speak and how we use God's name is extremely important. Y'all realize Orthodox Jews don't, won't even say God's name. When, they, when, they, when they're reading scripture or something and they come across a name for God, because God's name is not always the same in the Bible, there are multiple names for God in the Bible, they will say Hashem which means the name. So, I mean, for, for example here, let me see what it was. Uh, well, it was over, the, there's, there's an example there at the top on page, where, on, the, on the Romans passage. It says in Romans chapter 1, on verse 18, it says, for the wrath of God, if I were an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, I would say for the wrath of Hashem, the name, is revealed. Because they want to be, they are so particular about not using God's name in an unworthy manner. So, we don't make idols, we don't bow down to idols, we don't serve idols, we don't use God's name in an unworthy manner. Why? Because it helps us tune in to God. And tuning in to God is the goal of a life of faith and to stay tuned into God all the time. The third commandment that we're talking about here this morning is I would put in a contest for being the most unobserved commandment with commandment number 10, which we will talk about week after next, and that is to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I really could talk for hours and I, and I, and I implore all of you to search your souls about Sabbath keeping and all. Now, Paul says that it's not, it, it doesn't necessarily matter when we do it. That is, there's, there, you know, some people say one day is more important than another day. The important thing is, is that we set aside time. We set aside time as a sanctuary. 
as a place that's holy, as a place that's set aside, and do that on a regular basis. There may, out of, out of these directions, there probably is no better instruction for tuning into God than resting and listening for God and what God has to say. We need to remember that before God created the heavens and the earth, there was a Sabbath. And after God was finished with God's work, there was a Sabbath. So rest is the beginning and the end, the bookends of creation. And now I know, I know there are all sorts of arguments against it, you know. That's, that's old-fashioned, blah, 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 whatever. But consider this. God made the heavens and the earth in six days. Have any of you ever had the feeling that, you know, boy, howdy, if I just worked harder, if I just worked longer, I might get it done. But then you real, then, then most of us come to a point in our lives, I believe, where we realize that, well, you're not going to get it done. You're just not. I don't care what it is. Even for those of you who are retired and have whatever it is you work on, you can only do so much. And you can do that so much, so much better, if you take the time to rest. You know, there's, a, 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 there, there's the story about the, the group that headed west. I don't remember if it was 1849 for the, you know, the, the 49ers, the gold rush, or whatever it was, or if they were just going to claim some land somewhere. And the, the, the wagon trains all left from Chicago. There are two wagon trains, and one of them, I believe they were Mennonites. And they would, they would travel all out for six days, and then they would stop. They would take their seventh day. They wouldn't go anywhere. They observed a complete Sabbath. And there was a deadline. The, the, there, was, there was a time deadline that they had to get to their destination for both wagon trains. It was the same for both of them. And one of them said, we have to get there. And they traveled every day. Every day. We well, all know what happened. The Mennonites got there first because by, by being rested for that one day each week, they could travel harder and longer on the other six days instead of running themselves into the ground. There are three things I want you all to remember about the Sabbaths, particularly this morning. And if you have the time, I would recommend, there, there's some great books on the Sabbath and Sabbath keeping. One of them is written by a Jewish rabbi, uh, Joseph Abraham of Heschel, just called the Sabbath. I would, uh, I would throw that out there for something for you to consider. But the first thing I want us to remember about the Sabbath is it's rest for everybody. Did you notice that? The, the, the livestock don't even work on the Sabbath. And that's the way God made things in the, in the original creation, in the garden. There was peace and there was rest. And that's the way it's going to be at the end, in the new heaven and the new earth. So when we observe the Sabbath, we can remember the future, if you will, and we can remember the blessings that God has given us and intends for everybody.
peace and rest. When we remember the Sabbath, the second thing we can remember, and there are many others, I'm just naming three. The second thing we can remember is that the Sabbath is about liberation. The commandments here are given during, after the Exodus, and they're about liberation and freedom. You have the freedom to say, I'm just going to relax today. I'm just going to take it easy and tune in with God. And just tune in with God. And the third thing I want you to remember about the Sabbath and remembering of this today is this. It's about, it's about regeneration. It's about rest. It's about knowing that you are not priced according to. Your worth doesn't come from the bricks that you make out of mud and straw. Your value comes from the fact that you're God's child. And you're going to be taken care of if you stop and rest some and tune in with God. So I would implore all of us to remember that the commandments aren't burdensome. They're given for our good, for us to have an abundant life. And if we follow them, that's the easiest way to tune into God. And then when we tune into God, we enjoy that peace and harmony that God intended. Amen. Now go in peace, and as you do, Tune in, God, wherever you go.